Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you, and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks, here it is, here's our series, giving thanks to the Father, that is what we are doing. Give him thanks today in Jesus' name. Because today, this is what we talked about already. He made us meet to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. We at verse 13 today, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's what we own right now. That is our subject. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We're going to give you that word today, coming in mighty power. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you now for your eternal life. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your kingdom, your righteousness, your peace, your joy in the Holy Ghost. Now we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We appreciate you. Speak to the hearts of the people. Minister your word to their heart today, Lord. In Jesus' precious name and your precious blood, we pray. All the grief that prayer said, amen. Amen. All right, now, we're giving thanks to the Father because we just did a series on Romans chapter number 12, verse 1, 2, told us we, God has transformed us. He has saved us. He has put us in his kingdom. So since we've been saved, then we ought to give God the praise and the glory. See, that's what happened to Israel. Let, let me show you something. Let, let me show you a verse. Let me show you what the Old Testament believer did. In Exodus chapter 15, you might have missed this. Now, Israel just came across the Red Sea. Chapter 14, God divided the Red Sea in chapter 14, Exodus. What did they do in chapter 15? See, I'm teaching you today that God rescued you from the kingdom of darkness. Now, if God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, what are we supposed to be doing? Giving thanks to the Father. Not religion, tradition of men. Watch what Moses did. This is Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Then sang Moses. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, you got to know that Moses was already 80 years old. And the Bible said, and then sang Moses. When Moses went back into Egypt to bring Israel out, he was 80 years old. And here he is leading the song. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. We're going to sing a new song today now. That's why I'm doing this. He spake, says, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. He is my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He's singing. He said, look, Pharaoh, chariots, and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sink to the bottom as a stone. Then they're going to tell God, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. 
Then he's going to tell God, in the greatness of your excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest them forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of your nostril, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heat. The depths were, were congealed, frozen in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. That's what the enemy says. And then verse 10. Thou did blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods. Who is like unto thee? What is he doing? He praising God. Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praise. Doing wonders. Thou stretchest out thy hand. And the earth swallow them. Thou in thy mercy. Has led forth the people. Which thou hast redeemed. Redeemed purchased. Thou hast guided them. In the strength of thy holy habitation. The people are going to hear it. And be afraid. Sorrow is going to take hold up on the inhabitants of Palestine. He, he's, 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 going, he's just telling God all that he had done. He's praising God. Let me tell you what praising God is. Telling God all that he has done. See, he's praising God. He's thanking God for all that God has done. I'm telling you today that God re rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Some of you need to understand, you was in the flesh, you was on drugs, God rescued you. Some of you might have had sickness in your body, disease and poverty and pain. Didn't have a car, didn't have a house, didn't have no, God rescued you. See, we are here to give God the praise and the glory. This word rescued means he delivered us. Delivered us from danger, delivered us from evil, delivered us from sin. Delivered us from death. Delivered us from the grave. He freed us. He redeemed us. He ransomed us. And he purchased us. So we're going to give him the praise. Now, now watch this. Look at Titus 2.14. Let, let me just show you something. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Just showing you what God had done. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. He gave himself for us. Now, you just think about it. This is talking about he delivered us. He freed us, redeemed us, ransomed us, purchased us. Watch what he did. Titus 2.14. The Bible said he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. That's what God did. Look at Galatians 1 and 4. We're just going to show you. All this word is so good. Galatians chapter 1. What did God do for you? Why don't you praise him? Paul says, Galatians 1 and verse 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's going to brag on the Lord who gave himself for our sins. See, you got people telling you to get baptized in water and get rid of sin. You need to listen to the Bible. That's not right. Watch what God did. He gave himself for our sin, that he might deliver us, watch this, from this present evil world, which is your flesh, according to the will of God and our Father. To him, watch this, be glory forever and forever. Amen. Give him all the praise and the glory. That's what Paul talking about. So you praise God because of what he'd done. Galatians chapter 2 right there. You're in verse, chapter 2 verse 20. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 in verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me 
Past tense now, because that's how he loved you right here on this cross. He loved you and gave himself for you. Now you just think about it. Here it is. Man was about to be destroyed by the Father. And the Son, the Son of the living God, came here, put on flesh, died on the cross so you can live. And all he asked you to do is give him the praise and give him the glory. Come on, we can do that today. Giving thanks to the Father, that's what we're going to do. Because the Father gave us his own Son. Now, let's, let's, there's another one. Now, that was Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I'm going to read it again. Galatians 2, 20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, watch this, and gave himself for me. That's an awesome thing, knowing that I'm supposed to die. I'm supposed to die. But you know what he says? No, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die in your place. Glory be to God. You can't do them but give him praise. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse number 1. Ephesians, this thing is just going to get so good out there, somebody's going to praise him before it's over. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God and dear children. Walk in love. As Christ already also hath, this is what he did, he loved us and has given himself for an offering and a sacrifice. Now, you got you to understand that. Those are two different things. You got to know the book of Leviticus. You got to know the Old Testament book of Leviticus. God gave his son to be two things, an offering and a sacrifice. Somebody always said it, an offering and a sacrifice. Now, you got to understand, an offering is different from a sacrifice. So if I go back to Ephesians chapter 1, let me show you the offering. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, say, in whom we have redemption. But we have it through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. But if you look at the verse before, he said, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So verse 6 is the offering. Verse 7 is the sacrifice. You got you to gotta, you gotta know this stuff. So when Ephesians told you, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 says, walk in love as Christ also had loved us and given himself, number one, as an offering, and a sacrifice. Now, you got to understand the difference. An offering was called a burnt offering. Now, the burnt offering, when they burn off in the Old Testament, when they burn the offering, it's not just they did an offering. They put the offering on an altar, and they burn it. Now, that offering had an aroma that they mixed with the scent. And it went into the nostrils of the Father. And when he smelled the offering, he smelled the offering. He smelled the, the scent of the offering. Well, that let him know what kind of offering it was. Now, what that did was made us accept it in the beloved. So, so when you go back and read Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6, here's the offering. The offering is to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us, here it is, accepted in the beloved because he was our burnt offering. Now the burnt offering, if I was, by him being on the cross, he took the fire of the wrath of the almighty God into his soul. Let me say it again. He took the fire of the wrath of the Almighty God into a soul. And the only way you can explain that, you have to go back and study when you had the two prophets. Well, you had two prophets, and they said, call on your God. You got to remember Elijah. Call on your God. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. Now, what did that God do? They put everything on the altar. They put water around the altar. 
And Elijah said to them, Now let me call on my God. And the God that answered by fire, just let him be God. And at that time, the fire of God failed, the type of Christ on the cross. And the fire consumed the sacrifice, burned up the sacrifice, dried up all the water. And the people fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Now, the only difference in that sacrifice, which was a lamb, a goat, turtle, dove, pigeon, cattle, or whatever they had, God burned it up. But on the cross, his son consumed the sacrifice. The sacrifice was burned up during the days of Elijah. But on the cross, the sacrifice consumed the fire. It put the fire out. God was so powerful until the fire couldn't burn him up. And when he finished it, Jesus says, I thirst. That's why he was saying, I thirst, because he had swallowed up the wrath of God on the cross. What a mighty God we serve. He made us accept it in the beloved. He took the punishment for our sin. He took the wrath. Let me show you that in Isaiah. Be right back. Isaiah chapter number 50. This is an awesome thing. So when you study the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, and you go down and read verse number 10, this is what had happened. At. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul, watch this, his soul, an offering for sin. So you got to understand, Jesus Christ put on flesh so he could have a soul. And now when he died on the cross, his soul would take all of our soul punishment. God made his soul an offering for your sin. So everything our soul supposed to have taken Christ's soul took it on the cross. The fire of the wrath of the Almighty God fell upon him until he began to scream and holler and he says, I thirst. That's what was happening right there. It pleased the Lord to bruise him when he has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and prolong his days. And the pledge of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Where it is, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Now by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. He shall bear their iniquity. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He bare our sins in his own body, Isaiah says. He bare our sins in his own body. Let's show you that Peter said that. So when God burned up our sins in his own body, this is an awesome thing. God burned up our sins in the soul of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we be in debt to sins shall live in the righteousness by whose stripes you will heal. When God fire fell upon Jesus Christ, it burned up the sin in the soul of Jesus. That's why he cried, I thirst! And they gave him vinegar to drink. That's why he fulfilled the psalm. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. See, he was fulfilling the Psalms. Everything that happened on, on, on our God happened on the cross. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Why thou far from helping me? This is what he was saying on the cross. And from the words of my rowing, oh my God, I cry in the daytime. But thou hearest me not. 
in the night season, and I'm not silent. But thou art holy, O Lord, thou inhabited the praise of Israel. Our Father trusted in thee. They trusted in thou to deliver them. They cried unto thee and, and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I'm a worm. I'm no man. I'm a reproach of men. I'm despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips. They shake their heads saying, He trusted in the Lord that will deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breath. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for thou, for in trouble, for trouble is near, for there is none to help me. Here's the demonic power who began to bite up on him. Many bulls have come past me, devils. Strong bulls of Basim have beset me round about. They gasp, they gasp, they open their mouths against me. As ravening and roaring loud, they speak against me. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like postured. My tongue cleaving to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Dogs have come past me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I tell all my bones. They look and stare at me. They parted my garment among them. They cast lots upon my vesta. Be thou not far from me, O Lord. My strength has, has, has haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth. From them that heard me, for, for thou hast heard me from the horn of the unicorn. Then he says, I will declare thy name unto thy brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Right in the midst of that, he said, I will praise thee. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve. Well, what has he done, Pastor? Romans chapter 4. We're not done. We're just showing you. See, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 6 and 7 gave you the accepted offering. God has accepted you. That's the burnt offering. So when Jesus Christ's soul was burned on the altar, God accepted man. He burned up the sins in the, of, with the fire and wrath of God. To praise, to the praise of his glory, where he has made us accepted in the beloved. What had happened in verse, what happened to the sin offering? Here it is. The sacrifice, the sacrifice was the sin offering. Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his glory, the riches of his grace. So that's why Paul told us in Romans chapter 8. Watch what Paul told us in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is what God's life did when he came in your heart. Has made you free. Once the life of God came into your heart. The spirit of God came in your heart. He made you free from the law of sin and death. That's the two things that God destroyed out your heart. When the Spirit of God came into your heart, the Spirit of God destroyed the spirit of, the spirit of sin and death out of you. What the law could not do in that, it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin. When the fire of God fell upon God's Son for sin, the fire and the wrath of God condemned sin in the flesh. Judge sin in the flesh. Burn it out of his soul. That's what happened when God saved you. The wrath of God fell on Jesus. Now we are resurrected with Christ. 
New creation in Christ. Glorified man with no sin in you. God burned sin out of Christ at the altar. Jesus Christ, the soul of him, the sin was burned out at the altar. What a mighty God we serve. So that's why Romans chapter number 5. Romans 4, I'm sorry, verse 25. Romans 4, 25 says, He delivered us for our offenses. He was delivered, I'm sorry. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for our offenses. Whatever man had done against God, Jesus died for it, paid the price. The fire of God's wrath fell upon him, burned the sin out of his soul. What an awesome God we serve. But he was raised again for our justification. He was raised again, the Bible said, to make us right with God. You can't be right with God without a sacrifice, without the sacrifice of God's son. Let's move on. Let's look at 1 Timothy. Everywhere in the word of God, God gave himself. That's why we thank him. 1 Timothy. Chapter 2. We're going to praise him up in here today. 1 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 6. Watch what he did. 1 Timothy chapter 2. He gave himself a ransom. He gave himself a ransom. He gave himself in your place, in my place. He gave himself for all, a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Gave himself. Look what the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. Just one verse, Hebrews 7, 27. Who needed not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people. He had to offer up. That's what the Old Testament priests had to do. They had to go in, they had to offer up sacrifice for their sins and then for the sins of the people. So he's telling you here, not Jesus, because he didn't have any sin. He needed not daily had those high priests to offer up sin, first for his own sin and then for the people. For this he did once. For this he did once when he offered up himself. One time he offered up himself to God. God burned the soul of Adam. Remember when Jesus came, he was called the son of man, the son of Adam. That means he had the soul of Adam. He took that soul of Adam to the cross and let God burn the sin from the conscience of the, of the old man. Then washed that soul off with the blood of Christ, took him down and put him in a tomb. In three days and three nights, God raised him from the dead. What a mighty God we serve. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 14. Hebrew chapter 9 and verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. God had to purge our conscience from dead works so we could serve the living God. What an awesome thing. When did he do it, Pastor? He did it on the cross. God had to burn out of the soul, the conscience, dead works, the sin had to be burned out of the conscience of Jesus. That's why now we are called the body of Christ. We are risen with Christ. What an awesome thing. God didn't have to do it to every man individually. He did it to one man. And if you believe and put your faith in one man, God would put on your account, that's what happened to you. That's why we believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection to be saved. Hebrews 9, 14 again, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, 
purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he's the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression, for the forgiveness of the transgressions, that was under the first testament, they which are called might receive, here it is, the promise, here's what the promise is, eternal inheritance. I talked about that last week. The promise is eternal life. You don't get eternal life after you die. You got to get eternal life now. Eternal life is in Christ. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24. Eternal life is in Christ. Colossians 3, 24. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance. The reward is eternal life. You receive eternal life in Christ. Christ is your eternal life. That's why I showed you in Timothy. So when you go and you read Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 2, all the way through the Word of God, He'll tell you, Christ is your eternal life. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1 and 1, eternal life is in Christ Jesus. So when you have received Christ, you have received eternal life. Man, I'm not nearly done with you. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. One hour word. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3. What did he do? Christ has redeemed. Remember I gave you all these big words? He rescued us. What does it mean, pastor? He delivered us from danger, from evil, from sin, from death, from the grave, from hell. He freed us. He redeemed us. He ransomed us. He purchased us. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We know it wasn't us, but he did it to Israel. Why did he do it for them? Because he was made a curse for them. For it is written under the law, curses everyone that hangs on the tree. Why did Jesus Christ die on the cross, hang on the tree, and become a curse to fulfill the Old Testament law? Here it is, the next verse. That the blessings of Abraham. What are the blessings of Abraham? Now, if you're from door faith, you ought to know what is the blessings of Abraham. I'm going to wait because I'm going to check my, my podcast out. I'm going to check my Facebook out a little later on. And I want to see how many door faith out there know what is the blessings of Abraham. We sang that song in this house. We know what it is. I'm going to give you three times. I'm going to give it one, two, three. The blessing of Abraham is God's righteousness. God's righteousness. So listen to this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Talking about Jews. He was made a curse for them. Because it's written, curses everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we could never get the Holy Ghost if Jesus didn't die on the cross. Let me say it again. If Jesus did not die on the cross, you could never get the Holy Ghost. Jesus died to satisfy the law. So if I look back at Deuteronomy chapter 27, and verse 11 through 26, let me show you something. See, you got to understand how this works. If I go back to Deuteronomy, chapter 27, there's nothing but curses. This is the curses of the law. And there were 12 curses of the law. Verse 11 through verse 26. Uh, nothing but curses. What they would do is they would have the leaders of Israel, stand on the mountain. And verse number 11, it said, Moses charged the people the same, they saying, these shall stand up on Mount Garrison to bless the people when yet, when you are come over Jordan. He named their name. Number one, Simeon. 
Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, Benjamin. These shall stand upon Mount Ebel to curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Nebuchadnezzar. So I want six on this mountain, six on this mountain. When you come over into the land, they're going to begin to bless you or curse you. And the Levites shall speak and say to all the men of Israel with a loud voice. Every time they say it, they, from verse 15 to verse 26, are curses. I'm not going to name because you don't need them. But I'm going to show you. Verse 15, curse. Verse 16, curse. 17, curse. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So if you count those, those are 1 through 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There are 12 curses. But then you turn over to chapter 8, 28. There were 12 blessings. See, so God, those are the curses that was under the law that was supposed to happen to Israel. But because of God's righteousness, God counseled the curses through the death of Christ. So we didn't get the curses. There's no curses for the body of Christ. You only got blessings. Let me read a little bit. Deuteronomy 28. And it shall come to pass if you would hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe all these commandments which I command you this day. Well, they couldn't do it, but Jesus did. Remember, Jesus became a curse that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Well, what are they? Here, here we go. That the Lord God will set to you on all. Here we go. Here are the blessings. In verse 28, he said, number one, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high. Well, where are you sitting at now? We are sitting together right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Check it for yourself. That's the blessing. He sets you on high above all the nations of the earth. And then number two, all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Well, Jesus Christ did this so these blessings could come on us. Here it is, verse 3. Blessed shall thou be in the city. I want to make sure somebody out there on Facebook is following me today. Blessed shall thou be in the city. Blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of the ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, your flocks, your sheep, Blessed shall be your basket, your storehouse. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. Is anybody tired of being blessed yet? Blessed shall you, bless the Lord shall cause your enemy that rise up against you be smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee seven ways. The Lord shall consume, the Lord command, I'm sorry, he shall command the blessings up on thee in your storehouses. And all that you set your hand to do, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth you. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto the Lord as he has sworn if thou shalt keep the, everything but Jesus Christ. All the people of the earth shall call, shall, all the people of the earth shall see and shall call and see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in good. Oh, he's not even done. Plenteous in good, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swear to your father to give you. The Lord shall open his good treasure, the heaven to give you rain in your land, in his season, to bless all the works of your hand. Thou shalt lend to nations, thou shalt not borrow, and the Lord shall make the the head and not the tail. Look at them blessings keep going. He's going to make you the head and not the tail only, and thou shalt be above and not beneath. If you heart, all that Jesus did is for us. See? And thou shalt not go aside from any words or serve any God. So God gave them the blessing. All them blessings is your blessing. Now, let me show them to you. Let me show it to you. Galatians chapter 3. You right there in Galatia, chapter number one. Chapter number one. And verse number three. 
I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Watch what God said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse, verse 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have passed him, blessed us already. Somebody ought to say amen. God has blessed us with all all, what it, what, what it was to all, all day he just got through saying in Deuteronomy 28. All the blessings, all blessings, they are all now in heavenly places in Christ. So God bless you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's why you got to praise him. My job is to show you why you got to praise him. Praise God. Let me show you something. Go to 1 Peter 1.17. Ooh, it's just get gooder and gooder. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 17. Watch what Peter going to tell the, 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 the uh, Jews of his day. 1 Peter chapter 1. He's going to let them know, say, look, if you call on the Father, hallelujah, the Father, if you call on the Father who is without respect of persons, he judged according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed. Oh, my God Almighty. He said, let me tell you something. You was not bought with silver and gold from your vain conversation. Received by the tradition of your fathers. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Hallelujah. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Who verily was foreordained from the foundation of the world but was manifested in the last time, 2,000 years ago, for you. Who by him do believe in God, that raised him from the dead, gave him glory. Watch this. God raised him from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God. Seeing you purified your hearts in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, unto the unfinished love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God who liveth and abideth forever. Look what this God says to us. He said, for all flesh is as grass. All the grass of man as flowers. The grass withered and the flower falleth away. So that's why you got to make sure you're in Christ. I'm not done with you. Watch what this. He said he bought you. First Corinthians 620. All the way through the word of God. God telling you what he did for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. For you are bought with a price. Verse number 19 says what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you. Which you have a God. Watch this. And you are not your own. What do you mean pastor? I'm not my own. You are bought with a price. What was this price? It was Christ's blood. You bought with a price. What are you supposed to do, Pastor? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Every day you ought to be able to thank God. Thank God. To God be the glory forever and ever that he has saved me. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 7, 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And verse 23, you are bought with a price. Be not the servant of men. You bought with a price. Well, what price was you bought with? I'm so glad you asked me. 1 Peter 1.18 just told you the blood of Christ. Let's go to Revelation 1 and 5. Revelation 1 and 5. You bought with a price. What was the price? Let's show it to you. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible says, and from Jesus Christ, this letters from Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. There it is again. He loved us. You want to know how much God loved you? Here it is. This is how much he loved you. He loved you enough so he gave you his life. He gave you his blood. To wash away your sins. Here it is. And from Jesus Christ, 
who is a faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Does he love you or not? You want to know, does he love you? He washed us from our sins in his own blood. God put his son on the cross and took the fire, the wrath of God into a soul, burned out the corruption and the condemnation and the guilt and the shame out of the soul of Adam and then washed that soul with his own blood. You don't know does he love you? No wonder Paul said, there's therefore now no condemnation, no guilt, no sin in your soul anymore. What a mighty God we serve. He washed it with his own blood. Hey, that's enough. I'm not done. I'm not done. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. Ooh, this stuff is good to me. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. And they sang, like I told you, remember it? When I gave you Exodus chapter number 15, Moses sang. They had just opened the Red Sea. God opened the Red Sea, killed all their enemies. God just did 10, 10 plagues in Egypt. Killed all their gods, destroyed all their gods. Everything they had their hope in, God destroyed it. And then God set up the Passover so they can have the blood of the lamb, so they can come out of Egypt. Now they get over here to the Red Sea, and they couldn't go across. I like the way they show you on television. Pharaoh on, on his horse, he said, you know, this God of Moses, the bad general, he didn't leave his people no way to escape. They have the river, the Red Sea in the front of them. Uh, they got uh, the, the, the wilderness all around them, and then here we are coming up on them. Yeah, God's a bad general. And they begin to cry out to God. God said to Moses, why cryest thou to me? Stretch out your rod so the people can go forward. Moses stood on the mountain, stretched out his rod, and the breath of God began to move. And the sea began to divide. And the wind blew that night. And Moses stood there with his rod. And God opened up the Red Sea. And God said to the people, tell the people to go forward. They began to go across the Red Sea. God had opened the Red Sea for his people. So when you get to chapter number 15, they're on the other side. And soon as they got on the other side, God said to Moses, stretch out your rod so the sea would go down. And Moses commanded the sea to go down and it began to break. Ice began to break. Destroyed Israel and his army. Chapter 15, they began to sing what the Lord has done. But let's see, in the new covenant, God's going to give you a new song. Oh, glory to God forever. Hallelujah. God's going to give you a new song right now. Here it is. I don't know. My daughter may have to rewrite this here. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Here it is. And they sung a new song. See, Moses sang a song when they came over. But now in Israel, they're going to sing a new song here now. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. So the song going to be, Thou art worthy. That's going to be the new song. They sang a new song, Thou art worthy. What is he worthy of? He worthy to take the book. He worthy to open the seals. Because thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood, by your own blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Thou hast made, un, made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. 
John says, And I beheld and I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. There it is. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. They sang a new song that was slain. He's worthy to receive power. He's worthy to receive riches. He's worthy to receive wisdom. He's worthy to receive strength. He's worthy to receive honor. He's worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the heavens and that are in them heard I saying blessings and honor and glory and power be to him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Somebody ought to give him some praise. Somebody out, somebody out there ought to just stop right where you are and tell somebody he's worthy. Our God is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. And the four beasts said amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and they worship him that liveth forever and ever. They said, worthy is the lamb. But in chapter four, chapter four and verse eight, hallelujah, chapter four and verse eight, and the four beasts, each of them had six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They said it three times. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when these beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat upon the throne, who liveth forever and ever, then the four and the twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and they worship him that liveth forever and ever. And then they cast a crown before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. There it is again. The elders, the 24 elders, we're talking about Peter, James, and John, the 12 disciples, the 12 elders from the old covenant, the 12 elders from the new covenant. They all fall down. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou art worthy. What a mighty God we serve. Somebody ought, somebody ought to give him praise right where they're at. Somebody out there ought to give him praise right where God is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Man, I want to I go back and read that, that chapter 5 one more time. Chapter 5, verse 11. Romans chapter, Revelation 5, 11. I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. The number of them would like, watch this, ten thousands. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. But they were all saying with a loud voice the same thing. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain and have received power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings in every creature which is in heaven, every creature which is on earth. And every creature under the earth, such are in the sea. And all them, all that are in them heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Will somebody give him praise again? Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. What do you need to do? Let me ask you a question. We are talking about God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Now, I'm going to get into 
the other part of the kingdom next week. But when you talk about kingdom, you're talking about God's government. You're talking about God's rule, God's people, God's territory. See, you'll get some more words next week. But here's my point. If you're not in God's kingdom, why do you expect God to take care of you? Just think about what I just said. Here's people don't want God, don't want his word, it's not in his kingdom, and you, by you not being in his kingdom, he's not responsible for you. So you got to understand something. A king is only responsible for the people of his kingdom. Now isn't there something, when you get in trouble, you call on him. When things ain't going your way, you call on them. But then when people say you need to be a part of this kingdom, you don't want no part in it. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to change your mind. Because I believe with all of my heart that the time is right for you to change your mind and be a part of the kingdom of God. God want to make sure I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, what I usually read. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, God has given you a chance to be a part of the kingdom. Now, there's the kingdom of heaven where God's going to want to put you in. Then there's the kingdom of God that God's going to put in you. So when you talk about the kingdom, the Father is the kingdom of heaven. So when you get saved, God's going to put you in Christ. And the Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But God's not going to just put you in Christ. He's going to put Christ in you. So Jesus' disciples came to him, and they asked him a question. They said, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus told them in the Gospel of St. Luke, he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. In the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. When he was the man of the Pharisee, when the kingdom of God shall come. He answered and said to them, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God will be in you. What Colossians 1.27 told you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you have the kingdom in you, the kingdom of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to give you an opportunity because you can, you can be guaranteed of eternal life. Guaranteed that God will put his kingdom in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, how he was buried, and how God raised him again from the dead. When you put your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, God gives you the Holy Spirit. God comes inside of you and lives, take up residence in your heart and make you a new creation in Christ. Every head bowed. Father, I receive eternal life right now. I believe Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried, and I believe God raised him from the dead, and I receive your Holy Spirit. I receive eternal life. I receive you, Father, as my Father in the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Well, amen. Get a lot of big hand clap. My time is gone. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, 
be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.